What is right? I believe it was James Peck, a member of our congregation, who recently forwarded an article to the board from CNN. It said, four aides volunteer, volunteers are facing prison time after leaving food and water inside an Arizona National Wildlife Refuge in an area where 155 documented migrants have died trying to enter the United States. The volunteers who are part of an organization called No More Deaths, is a min they're, they're, that's a ministry of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Tucson. They could be sentenced to up to six months in prison and fined up to $500 after they were convicted Friday by a federal magistrate named Bernardo Velasco. Velasco. The volunteers, Natalie Hoffman, Aona Holcomb, Madeline Hughes, and Zaachila Orozco, were charged with entering a National Wildlife Refuge without a permit and abandonment of property, according to a statement for the aid group. Um, five more of the members of No More Deaths workers will be facing trial in February of Mount March. For, quote, trying to place life-saving supplies, end quote, out for the migrants. Something about that just doesn't feel right. Even if the law can be understood to support the, cha the, the charges and the sentencing, and even if a federal magistrate who has a somewhat Hispanic-sounding last name is part of the process, is it right for people who have not harmed anyone to pay six months of their life for trying to stop senseless death? So is the law right? And if not, how do we then hold one another accountable to standards codified and protected by the law? To standards codified in the law and protected by the law. Value judgments. Value systems, moral codes. Every society, every religion, every group, and every individual has them. Our group works from the principles that are on the front of your orders of service. That's our starting place as a group. We can often be hard on ourselves for things we think we've done wrong, ways that we feel that we have failed 
about the occasions we've not lived up to our own sense of right and wrong. What is it that you have not yet forgiven yourself for? What is it that sits somewhere under your daily thoughts and activities and without it ever having made an appearance in your conscious mind, it nonetheless affects most of your interactions and how you feel about yourself. And why does it have such influence? Where do we acquire this sense of right and wrong and what and the things that we judge ourselves by, the things that we set up as standards for the people around us? Who and what set of rules is it that we've internalized? You know, of course, the systems in which we grow up, whatever makes up what we will loosely call your family, begin instilling values in us before we have words. And some of the most lasting are things that are never spoken. They're not articulated rules. They're the ones that we just learn from the behavior around us. And even if later on in our lives, our positions have taken us to understandings of truth that stand diametrically opposing to those things, they can still nag at us, they can still haunt us, they can still make us question ourselves. But as we go along the journey, it's not just that system that's instilling our sense of right and wrong. It's everything we encounter along the way. The circumstances in our lives, the groups we're a part of, um, the groups we're not a part of, like in our schools or um, just at workplaces. You know, you know, then there are all the social networks, but some of those beliefs about right and wrong uh, have to be called into question for us to move through spiritual growth. According to James Fowler in his book, Stages of Faith Development, the way that we continue to grow spiritually and to dig deeper into our own lives and understanding and grow to have more compassion for the world, to understand the God in everybody, namaste. We have to question things along the way. If we don't have questions, what, what do we need faith for?
there, while there are people here that have grown up in many religious traditions and non-religious traditions, there are uh, usually a majority in attendance who have grown up in Christianity. And on a, a Christian website called Crossway, uh, a man wrote an article, his name is Wayne Gruden, and he said, the action itself, uh, but also a person's attitudes about the action, the person's motives, and the results are the things that have to be considered in making a judgment about what's right and wrong. The action, the attitudes you have in the action, your motives for the action, and the results of the action are all things to consider in making choices. One thing that was on his website that I found a little disturbing, that's just me, was his statement that um, the ultimate basis for Christian ethics is the moral character of God as expressed in the Bible. And then he lists that God is love, merciful, and truthful, but leaves out a number of things that I seem to recall um, along the way. Growing up, in a, a, a very particular Christian tradition. Um, there's vengeance and destruction and punitive, being punitive and changeable uh, in the readings, that, the way that I interpret them. But those values are very important to the people that hold those values. And truth sits there in a way that is carried and held dear. There were things I encountered along my way that took me out of that system. If I had not encountered those things, I would still be there. Now, the BBC reports that Taoists' ethics are concerned less about doing good acts and more about becoming a good person. A person who lives in harmony with all things and people. To be in a state of tranquility, contented, indifferent, inactive, and that they call that the equilibrium of heaven and earth and the heart of the Tao's distinctive power. So seeing and accepting life on life's terms without charges about it is a Taoist way of knowing right and wrong and discerning. Um, and then when we get to Buddhism, the word right is all over the place. There are the Four Noble Truths of the, life is suffering, um, suffering can be removed. Um, <coughs> the way to end suffering is the Eightfold Path, um, and I lost my place. Anyway, but un under those, the, oh, the way, yeah, the Eightfold Path is the way to release from suffering in the world, and every one of the things in the Eightfold Path begins with right. 
It includes right speech, right action, right livelihood. Those are the ones that are about ethical conduct. Then right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration, which are the ones for mental discipline. And then right thought and right understanding, which are the ways of wisdom. Now, we might think if people thought right like us, everything would be fine, but right thought in the Buddhist tradition denotes the thoughts of selfless renunciation or detachment, thoughts of love and thoughts of nonviolence, which are extended to all beings. So they're, they're rather specific. They're not just whatever you want to make of them. So all of this uh, to, is generated to give one a path to happiness and to good living. So right very much in all these other traditions seems to be a matter of balance. Balance isn't something we attain or maintain without effort and vigilance because pretty much everything around us is in flux. And if that's where we're rooted, we will not have balance. So the equilibrium has to be grounded in something that's not external. As best I can tell, these systems all recommend addressing our own demons first, our unhealthy fears, our anger, our shame, our ego, our attachments to ideas, to things, to people, and our delusions that are very comfortable for us that we carry around and don't want to change. But all of these things are what lead us to the end of our own suffering. And when, we can, and when we can do that, we contribute to the elimination of suffering to other people. So, in some way or another, most of us buy into the idea of might makes right. Even if we don't think that that's true, we collect ourselves with other people to assemble more power, more influence, and we are participating in that system. Now, the truth of that statement depends on what you understand right to be. And in the external world, the people with the power get to determine what the rules will be, and say what right is. Religions have tried in their own way to give us guidelines. But if we choose to force change, if we choose to fight, um, we need to be mindful of, of the notion of might makes right. And maybe try to pull first on the power that's not external before we join forces. 
Uh, how often do you make mistakes? Innumerable times every day. The better I get at seeing them trying to adjust and forgiving myself, the sooner I can move towards forgiving other people. And that's the only way I'm going to stop contributing to hatred in the world. All of these religions lift up love. It's our doctrine. 